You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Beautiful day. It's, it's been a great summer, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's been hot. I know. Okay. I, yeah. All right. Let me start over with that again. That's, no, it, uh, it, it has been a good uh, ministry summer. It's been a good worship summer. Uh, to think about that we get to gather together and, and make much of Jesus in that great church. Uh, to worship him uh, because he is so worthy of, of worship. So thank you for making that in your life and your schedule. I just said, we don't take that lightly. It's a, it, to, to be here is significant. It makes much of Jesus. But I know it, it takes effort, doesn't it? It takes time, but we're here to honor him. We know he's not confined to this space. Really, when we come here, we bring Jesus with us. Amen. And we get to worship him for who he is, for his greatness, for what he's done and what he's going to do. If you have your Bible this morning, I invite you to join me in Psalm 18. Uh, we as a church family are working our way through the Psalms, 10 Psalms per summer. Uh, I asked Steve here a couple of months ago if I could take Psalm 150. Uh, I'll be 80 years old and I can, I'm, I'll be ready to go. I was talking to a family today. She said, that's no big deal, 80 years old. My dad's 88 years old and still preaching. So who knows, man? It'll, just be, it'll be good. So it's been a good season for us to work our way through uh, the Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 18 today, a Psalm of David. There are 150 Psalms in the Psalms and 73 of the 150 were penned by David himself from Psalm 3 to Psalm 145. Uh, he was quite the composer, and these are, were the songs of those believers, the songs of, of those who were uh, worshiping Yahweh. That was, the, that was the songs, and so it's good for us to navigate and work our way through them. I would say it's good for us as a church just to take a passage and just work it verse by verse. I think that's one of the best ways to teach and to preach. Nothing wrong with certain topics that are out there. What this does for us, it just gets us right in the Bible. And we're just, kind of, we're just working our way sentence by sentence and verse by verse to hear what God has to say in our heart, in our life. And isn't it good that God has something to say to us today? That God has something good for us today from his word here in Psalm 150. David's Psalm 150 David's psalm out of the 150s here in this Psalm 18 uh, took place near the, the end of his life. Uh, this psalm is the fourth longest psalm in the 150 psalms. This psalm is set with the backdrop of a military victory. Uh, the Lord fought for David. Uh, he was a great warrior. Uh, God delivered him from his enemies. And in this psalm, he's reflecting on the greatness of God and the goodness of God and his deliverance and his presence. It's a great psalm for us to work our way, our way through. Uh, it, it's my opinion uh, that David would be, in my estimation, in the top 10 uh, personalities in the Bible. He, he was an amazing person. 
and how God worked in his life to make a difference in so many lives. And here we are now, thousands of years later, reading the Psalms that he penned in Psalm 18. Let me pray with you and then we'll jump into our passage. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege of gathering and assembling. We say it often at Antioch, we don't bring, uh, you're not confined to this space, God, but when we come, we, we, we bring you with us here. We thank you for the privilege to make much of your name uh, by what we do, not only in this place, but during the week. Use our life to make a difference in the lives in our neighborhood, in our family dynamic, in our work environment, that God, our lives would represent you well uh, I don't always get it right. I thank you for your encouragement. I thank you for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. And so today, would you lead and direct us through this passage, uh, that this is not some archaic, outdated passage. This is the living word. And so today, God, speak to my life and my heart. And I pray the same for those who are in this room and those who are joining us online. And so we give this do we pray in the name of Jesus, and together, church, we said, Amen. Amen. In Psalm 18, first of all, David celebrates God's greatness. David celebrates the greatness of God. Let me look here with you at verse 1 through 3. I'm going to read it together with us. It's right on the screens. Let's read this out loud together as a church family. The psalmist says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Let's start again, all right, together. Ready? I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. That is a dynamic passage where David gives a description of God and who he is. Not just one, not two, nine different descriptions that identify who God is and how God was at work in his life. And I believe how God is at work in our own personal lives. He says here first, O Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord. Those first words in Psalm, I love you, Lord, just seem fairly simple, all right? So I, I love you. The word love is a great word. You know, when's the last time I thought about, when's the last time you said, Lord, I, I love you, all right? We can say I, I love to your spouse and to a family member, to friends, but when's the last time you said, Lord, I love you? It just speaks of a relationship that he had with him and that personal connection he had with God. David is saying in that statement, I love you, Lord, He's saying, no matter what I go through, whatever I experience, I know that you are present and that you are with me and that you love me. His love for God was what I would call a courageous, tenacious love. This great love for God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. It's not that we initiated this love relationship, Church, God initiated that relationship with us, his love for us to have that relationship with him. And he goes on to say, nine different statements, he says, the Lord is my strength, meaning the Lord is my support. He is my sufficient. He is my help. 
That statement is a response of David communicating genuine devotion and affection. You'll notice in the passage here, and uh, Pastor Steve has brought this out almost every time we work through a psalm, the word Lord, you see a, a capital L and a lower capital O-R-D that is given there by design and it is a word that presents the Lord. He is Yahweh. Uh, he, is, he, he is the unchangeable one. Uh, the word Lord speaks of his identity, who he is, that he is a God that is present. He is Yahweh. He is our God. And so I love the way David just makes this statement, Lord, my strength, my strength. Uh, my given name is Robert Anthony Bear, but my identifiable name is Bob, or in high school it was Bobby. So that's, we just see that. So the Lord, this is a name that he gives him, says, this is who God is. He's a God who's unchanging. He's a God who is present. Uh, he is a God who identifies himself through his word. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 22, 37. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment, church. We've been given this command, amen, to love the Lord our God. Do we love the Lord our God? He talks about the Lord is my rock. Uh, that word rock verbalizes a life that he was experiencing that was overwhelming. Yet knowing the word rock communicates protection and security. He says, Lord, you are my rock. Maybe you have someone in your life and you say, my, it's, it's maybe my dad or my mom or somebody I know, a friend of mine, and they're just... They're just, a, they're my rock. They're just a rock. We know what that means, doesn't it? We, just, we can depend upon them. We can rely on them. God is a God that you can be is dependable. And God is a God who is reliable. Amen? He, he is our rock. He, he's our foundation. He, he's everything. He says, the Lord is my fortress. Uh, that word fortress refers to an inaccessible and unapproachable place. David said, he has put me somewhere that I am safe. I'm safe. The Lord, he says, is my deliverer. Again, that speaks to a place that is secure and, and safe and protected from any overwhelming situation or, situ or problem. He says, God is my God. I, I like that. God is my God. Again, that word, my God, he's my God, conveys his presence. It conveys his strength. And it communicates relationship. He says, God is my refuge. The word refuge communicates protection uh, from danger or, or threats. In Psalm 46, in verse 1, the psalmist put it this way, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Think about it, church family. God is, is your refuge. He is your protector. And I love that statement. He is a very present help. Not just a present help, but a very present help. He, again, he's not a God who is absentee. He's not a God who is aloof. He's not some distant, detached deity, amen. He is a God that is our God. He, he's my God. This is my, my God. My refuge. Uh, I'm a big Quick Trip guy, and uh, if you notice that Quick Trip on, I think it's on some of their, on one of the sides of the building, they have, they say this is a, it has a sign, safe place. Me, it's, 
It's a safe place. Refuge is a a safe place. I remember probably maybe third or fourth grade, uh, my family, my dad lived up in in Washington about 50 miles from the Canadian border. And my, my dad was a big hunter. And so we would oftentimes, before going to school, even we just lived right in the, in, the, in, the, in the woods. We just would drive around maybe before school looking for deer uh, to shoot them and eat them, you know, that kind of a thing. So we just, that was kind of our deal. They might, there was time my dad would go on a Saturday and we would go and we would go out to a place and we would, we would walk and we would hunt. I remember one time I was like a third or fourth grader. It was cold and the snow was coming down here up in, in that area. And, and my dad said, I want, I want you to stay, I want you to stay here I'm going to walk around here. I'll probably be back in about an hour. But I'm going to walk around and see if I can move some deer your, your way. But I, he doesn't leave me just to stand there. My dad built me a, a shelter. I, I'll, I'll never forget that. My dad, and I want you get under here. He, he started a fire for me. It was just so, it was just so, a different, it was just so cool. It was just a refuge. Isn't it great that God is a safe place that God is a refuge, that he's with you and God is for you. He wants what's best for you. I love that picture. God is my refuge. Timothy Keller writes, he says, habitually turning to God for refuge is the only real support we have in life. I got a great wife, 46 years of marriage. Man, she's all in with me. I've got family, all that. I've got friends in our church family are all with me, but think, and that's, and that's important, that's significant, but to realize that God is our real support. And when it comes to it, God's a real support in our life. He says, God is my shield. Again, he's my defense. He's my protection. God is the horn of my salvation. Again, exemplifies strength and safety that God is our salvation, that he secures his people. He protects his people. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor principalities nor powers nor things to come nor things that are present nor, nor life nor death nor heights nor ever, nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in the person of Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate you as a Christ follower from God. Amen, church? What a great gift that is. That that God is the horn of my salvation. He's a place of safety. He says, God is my stronghold. Again, illustrates a secure place that is inaccessible. God protects the vulnerable. God defends the vulnerable. And so these nine different statements, I mean, one could be enough or two, but I love what David does just time after time after time after time, just emphasizing God and who he is, that he is a God that is present. He is a God who is with you. He is a God who is for you. David penned Psalm 145, verse three, and it says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Some translate that his greatness is beyond discovery. God is the greatest of the greatest. Amen, church? He's great. He's he's worthy of our worship. I love what David does in these three verses, just champions God and who he is and his greatness. 
Psalm 150 verse 2 says, Praise God for his unequaled greatness. No one is equal with God when it comes to greatness. Nothing. No one. We would say God is big. God is so big. And he's present. And he's with us. I love David and his transparency and giving out these statements over and over again to remind us who our God really is. So David celebrates God's greatness and then he experiences God's deliverance in chapter 18 here in verse 4 and following. God's deliverance. Many times throughout David's life as a shepherd, maybe 12, 13 years old, watching over the sheep, wild animals would come and prey on the, on the sheep and and, and God gave him strength. He even he killed a lion by his hands. He was, just, he was, he was a, man's, a man's man. Right? He, he understood that deliverance. Uh, he stood before Goliath, the giant, who was nine foot something. And all the uh, Israelite armies were just kind of saying, ah, oh, we can't do anything. He's too big. He comes in. He's probably about 13 years old. Has five stones in his pocket. Has a slingshot. Takes a stone, slingshot, throws it. Hits him right in the head. He drops over dead, come, gets his sword, cuts off his head, and just, and just picks up his head. Awesome. That's, just, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, just the, the power, just, he just, deliverance. He just trusted God with that. He trusted God in those areas. He was a mighty warrior. King Saul, on many attempts, tried to kill him. Uh, even his son Absalom tried to kill him. He experienced all these situations, but God was faithful to deliver him. And think about your life and the faithfulness of God to deliver you. You can look back on your life, maybe years look back or just a few months looking back or maybe this last week and just, you look back and say, man, that was a God thing. That, That God delivered me. That God preserved me. And here's what he says in Psalm 18 verse 4 and six. David says, the cords or ropes of death encompass me or they entangle me. The torrents or floods of destruction, they they assail me and and they just swept over me. There's this picture of of water and a flood. He says in verse five, the cords of Sheol, which communicates the grave, they entangled me and, and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. God hears our cries. God hears your concerns. Again, a God who is present, a God who is engaged. He just communicates all these areas. God was faithful God was faithful to deliver him. Look at Psalm 18, verse 16. Psalm 18, verse 16. Speaking of God, God sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of the many waters. Again, waters is that that picture of being overwhelmed by, by, by life. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity or distress. They, so he's saying they, they were attacking me. 
But the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. What a great picture again of the deliverance of God, his protection, how he provides for us and takes care of us. So we serve a God who is a God that is in the game, a God who is present. He's a God who's not caught off by guard by what you're going through or what you're experiencing. He knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're experiencing and have experienced and what you will experience in the future. He's that kind of a God. He knows. Even in this room today, we have no idea in this room or those watching online who are going through a situation or a season that just seems overwhelming. It seems like, oh, I can't wrap my arms around it. But God is a God who is present in those situations. I think if we're honest, we, we all have a deliverance story of God's faithfulness and God's goodness in our life. He, he, he's a God who knows. David said, I experienced deliverance from the hand of God. Job put it this way in Job 42, verse 2. He said, God, I know you can do all things and there is no purpose of yours that will ever be thwarted. Never overwhelmed or overpowered. That's the God that we know. That's the God that we serve. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. The Bible says in Psalm, in Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turns wherever he desires. That no matter what's happening in our culture, what's happening in the political arena, God knows, right? God knows that church. And he allows, just read history. That God is a God that uses situations. He uses nations, right? To do what he is going to do. He's going to do. We live in what I would call dangerous times, perilous times, crazy times. China has always been flexing their muscles. Russia, Iran. Who knows what the future is for us? I'm not doomsday guy, but the United States will always be just the same. We just don't know what's going to happen. But we know that God knows, amen, church, that no matter what happens, God is our deliverer. The Bible says, in the last days, dangerous times will come. And he hit the nail on the head, amen. Dangerous times are coming, but we don't hunker down. It's not out of fear. We just keep moving forward in our culture to confront our culture and to have compassion in our culture and have concern for our culture. There's no room for our church to hide out. Amen, church? Stay in the game. Amen? Let's, let's stay in the game. Let's stay in the game. God is our ultimate deliverer, not Joe Biden, all right? I mean, you can laugh if you want about that, but it's true. I'm just saying, any other, anybody else, all right? Whether it's our governor, anybody, anybody in leadership, it's God. That wasn't even in my notes, but here we go, all right? So that's good. So uh, that psalm, the psalms are rich and they're transparent. Um, Isaiah put it this way in Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my mighty right hand. 
God is our deliverer. So David just celebrates the awesomeness of God. He's great. He unpacks deliverance and now he declares God's power. In Psalm 18, verse 30, he describes the, the power of God and, and how God is at work. Verse 30 of Psalm 18, this God, his way is perfect. That word perfect has the idea, his ways are, are blameless. You, you can't point your finger at God and say, God, I don't know about that decision you made. Right? He, he is blameless. He is perfect. And I love this statement. The word of the Lord proves true. When I came across that the last couple of weeks, I thought, that's dynamic. In my life, think about your life, how the word of God has been proven true in your life. What a great statement that David makes. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Verse 31, for who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. Verse 35, you have given me the shield of your salvation, of your deliverance, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness or humility has made me great. David gets it. He got it. It's all about God. It's about his deliverance. It's about declaring his power. He is the mighty one, God. He is the God of all gods. And David in this psalm just champions God and who he is. Again, that statement, the word, and some could translate that, the promises of the Lord have proven true. There's thousands of promises in the Bible. I would encourage you to memorize a promise, to have a promise under your belt. Psalm 16, one, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Psalm 16, verse eight, I have always set the Lord before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be moved, I will not be shaken. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. These things have I spoken unto you, Jesus said in John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Promise after promise after promise. And when I go through challenges, like you go through challenges, I just, I just give those promises back to God. And I have found in my life, after 65 years of my life, I have found that God's word is proven to be true. How about you? Are you experiencing the fact that God's word is proven to be true? That we spend time in this book that's one reason we as a church, we don't always get it right, get it all together. But I'm just telling you, that's why you just, 
You just walk your way verse by verse and step by step to see what God has to say. Amen? It's not about what Bob has to say, Steve has to say. What does God have to say? What does God have to say in our life and speak into our life? Psalm 119, verse 89. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. As enduring as this earth that God created, we'll get there more about that next week in Psalm 19, he is faithful to every generation. Every generation. God's word is truth. So David celebrates, man, God is great. He experiences God's deliverance. He declares God's power And then he also affirms God's faithfulness in Psalm 18, verse 46 through 50. David said, the Lord lives, right? He lives. And blessed be my rock. And exalted be the God of my salvation. The God who gave me Vengeance. That word vengeance speaks like the God who, who pays back and he subdued people under me. The God who delivered or rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You rescued me from the man of violence. For this, I will praise you. O Lord among the nations and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever, forever. In those short verses, David affirms that God is faithful. The Bible says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I have found God to be faithful. He's faithful. I love that statement. It's the steadfast love. It's a love that just, that just hangs in there, amen? It's a love that you have for a child maybe that's gone wayward or in a, in a dynamic of a relationship, you just stay in the game, right? You stay in the game. James 1 talks about Count it or consider all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the trying of your faith produces in your life staying power, endurance, and perseverance. And so God is saying, Bob, don't quit. Don't quit. Stay. We want to run from a problem, run somewhere else. And God says, oh, no, 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 you got it all wrong. It's not about running, Bob. It's about remaining. You want to escape, don't you, Bob? I've been there like you. I want to escape. He says, no, it's not about escaping, Bob. It's about enduring. You'll find when you stay in the game, you stay in that marriage. You stay in the marriage. You stay faithful to your family. You, you experience difficult times in the work environment. I'm out. No, no, no. God says, no, it's not about out, Bob. It's about in. Just stay there. 
work it through. I'm, I'm telling you, church, I'm a, a living testimony of that. I'm not going to go back to my whole story again, but I'm a living testimony that God just stays in there, man, stays in there. Dick, you were there back in those days. Those were difficult days at Antioch. And I was done. Stick a fork in me, it's over. Sold our house, moved into an apartment. Why? I told my wife, we got to be ready to move on. We, we got to be ready to get out of Dodge. But God wasn't ready for me to leave Dodge. I'm so thankful I just stayed. I wanted to quit so bad, get out so bad, but God wouldn't let me. And I just want to encourage you today. I know, I know in your situation, that's maybe way out there, man. I'm just saying, don't give up. It's, it's too soon to quit. Amen? It's, it's too soon to stop. And, and we miss the blessings of the proven word of God. Believe me, I don't have it all together, church. Okay? It may all fall apart tomorrow, but I'm just saying I know God's word is proven to be true in my life. I just got to imagine many of you, if not all of you, believe that in your life, right? That God has proven to be true. I love the way that David acknowledges God's faithfulness. In Psalm 1849, we read, David gives the Lord what I would call international praise, which would eventually be fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. It's, it's just almost all the Psalms point to the ultimate one, to Jesus. He's the ultimate descendant of David. And so David gets it in Psalm 18. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about Jesus. I came across this in my research. In Romans chapter 15, verse 8 and 9, hundreds of years later from this psalm given by David, the apostle Paul uses this very same verse in regard to Jesus. All right? It's, it puts it this way. Remember that Christ, oh, right here on the notes, remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. So he made a promise to the Jews that I am your God. He also came so that the Gentiles, non-Jews, primarily a lot of times unbelievers, might give glory to God for his mercy to them. I'm, I'm a Gentile, man. It's a pretty big deal for us as Gentiles, isn't it? All right? He might give glory to God for his mercy to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote in Psalm 18:49. For this I will praise you. This is David's word. For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. David didn't know all that then, but he was singing praises to the name of Jesus who's coming. What a great picture, church. What a great picture. So you see, Jesus not only defeated human enemies, but he also crushed the greatest enemy, death and the grave. He lives, church. He lives. I was there seven years ago, and the tomb is empty. It's empty. What a, what a powerful statement. Hebrews puts it this way in Hebrews 2.14, that through death... Jesus might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. 
So we see in Psalms, hundreds of years prior to the New Testament. Here we are 2,000 years away from Romans chapter 15. And we're seeing the awesomeness of God. We're seeing it through the lens of the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. A.W. Tozer in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy One, quotes just a classic book. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into your mind when you think about God? What a great statement. In this process of celebration, in what way could you just celebrate God's greatness? How does that look for you to celebrate his greatness? It's not confined to a Sunday morning, right? We, during the week, during, how are you just making his name even more famous, his greatness? How has God delivered you? In what ways has God delivered you in a situation financially, relationally, whatever? You know, and you, you see the hand of God and God has been faithful to work your way through that. And God will use our challenges and troubles, to, like I said, to produce in our life staying power. And just to declare that, that God is God. I know I said this before, our kids were a little uh, around the table when they were little. We'd say, you know, how big is, we call them by name, how big is, and their hands would go about this high, you know, how big is, and we'd say this, we'd say, you're, you're this big. And church, I'm telling you, God is unequal. He's an unequal in greatness. And I'm telling you what, church, he is, he is this big. He's the biggest of the biggest, amen? He's that kind of a God. And then to affirm his faithfulness. Now that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm thankful for God's daily faithful word. I'm thankful for God's new mercies. I need mercy all the time. Every day we get new mercies, new mercy. So, Psalm 18, amen. Let's, let's, let's say by God's grace, let's live, let's live this psalm out. Let's make much of God for who he is. Let's live in a way that honors him. Let's realize that, hey, we don't always get it together. We're always, we're not always right, but God, you are faithful through that. I'm just going to keep walking in that right direction. And God is faithful to do what only he can do in your life. I trust today that you know Jesus and have that personal relationship with him. John talks about that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, and through verse 13, he says this, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, and you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Has there been that defining moment for you when you said yes to Jesus and called upon his name? And when you do that, we are secure in that relationship. What a great promise God gives us in his word. I, I trust you know him. If not, man, we want to engage with you and encourage you 
and realize that God is for you and God is with you. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for Psalm 18. Before I close out this prayer, Father, in this room today where we're in this heads are bowed, eyes closed. What about your life? Bob, I'm going right now in just a challenging situation. And you raise your hand and say, right now, I just... I just need God's leadership in this situation. I need, I need strength and help and deliverance. You'd raise your hand and say, that's me today. All right. Thank you for your transparency, church, and around this room. And I know God, God knows. And God's going to use, thank you, God's going to use your word to encourage you. You say, Bob, I'm not sure what it means to be a Christ follower. I have questions. I have doubts. But I'm, I'm interested in pursuing and having a conversation about what it means to put my faith in Jesus. And you'd raise your hand right now and say, that's me. Anybody would say, that's me today. Just uh, what it means to have that relationship with, thank you. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Father, these hands represent real people and people that you love and you care for. So I ask God for whatever you can do in their life that only you can do to encourage them, to deliver them, to remind them that you are the faithful one. And so we commit that to, we pray in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.